job, I was working for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Cause I have friends, and that's a fact. Like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. Forget about that, let's go into the story. About a girl named blah 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 that adore me. So we started talking, getting familiar. Spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship. Or some understanding how it's gonna be in the future we was planning. Everything sounded so dandy and sweet. I had no idea I was in for a treat. 50 years of hip hop. Oh baby, you got what I need. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Pastor Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Pastor Talk. Happy Friday. It is the end of the week. It is the end of the week. It is the end of the week. We made it. And, uh, you know, I'm still standing. You're still standing. Damn what they say over at the Yale Police. Police Union. Whoever, whoever is spreading the vicious rumor about how dangerous New Haven is. Or to quit. Because I, I think New Haven is too dangerous for you to be a police officer. So you should quit. <laughs> Because I certainly don't want you to work in a city that's so dangerous that, you know, you spend all your time running around uh, instead of doing your damn job. You run around talking about how dangerous it is. I think you should go work in Brantford or somewhere where it's, I guess, less dangerous. That's how I feel. To the Yale Police Union. Just let, listen. Get, wait, recruit some police officers who are unafraid. You know, of students. Yes, I don't know, because I, I, that I'm still pissed off about that little flyer. And so I find out from some Yale students, the new ones that are coming in, they've been getting um, alerts when when they first got accepted. You know, when you get accepted back in the spring, they get you know you get alerts about what's happening in New Haven. You know, from the police. I, I don't know why they do that. I think this is my thinking. I could be wrong. That the police department, the Yale Police Union, wants to ensure that they get paid the kind of money they want to get paid. So in order to get paid the kind of money they get paid, they have to manufacture an element of danger for these rich ass kids so that their parents can press upon the fact that uh, is my kid going to be safe? And so I guess the police, the Yale police union is playing that card. Now, I, I don't know what kind of tactic that is, but they, and I, you know, now, I, they have not come out and said it wasn't them, the, the police union. And 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 I, I don't know if the, the Yale police chief has come out and said anything. Um, uh, I think it's, is Anthony Campbell still the the Yale police chief? Is is he? I mean, because, you know, he's he's Yale, Yale, Yale trained, too. I, oh, I'm sorry. And he was the New Haven uh, chief for a minute, too. So. Is that part? <laughs> so you go, you go from managing the police department for a whole city to managing a, a police department 
uh, in in the castle, <laughs> you know, with a moat around it and walls. So if this is what they got to do, if this if this is the private dancing that Yale Police Union is putting out there, you know, fear mongering, racist, and his execution, then. I think I think we need to look at who is running the Yale Police Department unions and and maybe they need to step down because clearly they might not be in the best interest of Yale police officers. I'm just making an observation. I could be hella wrong. But that was not a good look. It was insulting. It was beneath them. And 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 frankly, quite frankly, the the president of Yale University ought to come out and say something about it. At least come out and say that's not how we do things. Even though these emails and texts to these students before they step foot on on New Haven proper, they get these warnings and you know. I just feel some kind of way about that. You know, and I'm not gonna let it go either. So I'm a I'm a wait and listen and see what else comes out of this. I'm just gonna wait and see who else is gonna say so. Cause it just sounds to me like how how you gonna be in New Haven and hate New Haven? I don't I don't understand that. And you just doing this for money? Seriously? You just want an extra ten dollars, twenty dollars, hundred dollars? What is it? What is it that you want? How much more does it cost to fear monger to get what you want? I'm just trying to understand. Help me understand. Help. You don't got no contract negotiators that you don't got to play this game. You know? Or are you think it makes your job easier when you can like see all the students in the quadrangles and they're not outside the castle gates? That does it make your job easier? Because New Haven has a police force too, and 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 uh, you know, uh, New Haven police officers ain't shooting Yale students, so I I, but but Yale police officers are shooting, you know, citizens, right? Ain't that what happened? Rolled up on somebody and shot them through the car. That was Yale police right you want to solve some crimes go go, fit, go work on the Joven case that's still open that happened on your campus oh no you're not interested in that no you're just interested in dumping on a city where you I'm sorry work <laughs> last I heard Yale's campus is dead smack in New Haven so unless they plan on moving their campus to Madison <laughs> I just feel some kind of way. That was just a bad look. And it and it was it was conduct unbecoming a world class university. Yale University is a world class international powerhouse. And yet they have a police union that reduces them to boys in the hood. <laughs> 
<laughs> with the with with all the and then, and then and so I'm on the behavior independent and all the people and all these people chiming in about the violence and I want to ask each each and every one of you damn people on the New Haven Independent site that is whining about the violence how much violence have you experienced have you personally experienced some violence were you mugged assaulted what just I just just a poll because everybody's weighing in as if. They've been a victim of a, somebody carjacked you, somebody broke in your house, somebody held a gun up to you. Like, and where and where's all this happening? Because the last I checked, the last couple of shooters was in my damn neighborhood in Newhallville. And I sit on my porch every day because I'm not gonna be afraid. But that's how I am. So all these people that are weighing in about. New Haven is a shootout city or whatever. Where where are you at? Where are they doing that at? And how do you know? How do you know? Oh, it's what you read in the paper? And where are these shootings happening? And who are the victims of these shootings? Are they your neighbors? I mean, everybody in New Haven is your neighbor. But are they in your community? Are they in your hood? I'm just curious. Is Westville having shootings? Are they was was the was that domestic violence dispute that was happening? Was that happening in Westville? Was it happening in Beaver Hill? Where was this? No, I'm just uh, huh. I'm I'm really annoyed by all of that. I don't know how you live in the city and hate it. And I'm not suggesting that anybody ignores what is happening. There's violence all across this, this country. Who gobs of violence? <laughs> New Haven is, is not immune because of an Ivy League institution flanked by several other higher uh, institutions of education uh, reside. We are not immune to it. We're not immune because we have Yale University, Yale Corporation in our midst, flanked by Alberta's University of New Haven, Southern Connecticut State University, and Gateway Community College. We're not immune. What it says is we are not coordinating resources well enough to curtail some of the social ills that are happening in this city. And this is a livable city and a doable city and an easy city to, to exercise all kinds of change. So that says to me, we are not utilizing our resources in concert with one another to tackle some of the social ills that are befalling this city as they are befalling cities across this country. And that's a leadership issue. When you have mediocre leadership, you have mediocre results. That's it. When I was in college, Dr. Piles, who used to teach uh, uh, calculus and al algebra, used to say, uh, poor planning prevents uh, 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 performance, proper performance. Dr. Piles used to say, uh, uh, Ms. Rawls, 
the, the Pythagorean theorem is the same as it was today, as it was yesterday, as it was last year. It hasn't changed. <laughs> and that was his way of saying, do better. <laughs> uh, now, Dr. Piles is going on to the big uh, calculus classroom in the sky many, many moons ago, but I still remember him, you know. And I, I, this is the joy of going to an HBCU. I remember my teacher saying, I remember I had a teacher who said, Ms. Rawls, I know your mother worked hard to sit you in this seat. And I don't think uh, she would be happy to know uh, that you are squandering her hard-earned dollars by not showing up to class. <laughs> I miss one damn class. <laughs> I missed one class, and that's what I was met with. And some people say, oh, that he was shaming you. You damn right, he ought to shame me. He ought to shame me because I had no right. I had no right to blow off class like that. For what? Because I was hanging out partying last night with the Qs and the, and the Deltas. <laughs> and my ass should have been in the bed and up bright and early, ready to start, get into my schoolwork that I'm paying, that people are paying good money to have me learn. I should have been shamed. You damn right. You damn right. He should have shamed me. And he did. And he did. I never missed another damn class. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I don't know what they're doing over there at the Yale police union. But I, I hope they feel in the heat. I'm not done. I, I'm going to talk about this some more. I have a plan of action that I want to execute. I'm going to think about it. And then I'm going to talk to some people to help me execute it. I'll do a little public service. Because I, I just feel like you're not going to trash my city. I don't give a damn, you know, what is going on. When New Haven is wrong, New Haven is right. You're not going to do that. Yeah, we got some problems. Lots and lots of problems. You name me a city that don't have any problems. And I and I'll and I'll show you you are wrong. Every America has a problem. So so to the Yale police union, shame on you. Shame on you for putting out that propaganda. For what? So you could private dance your asses for some more money? So you can make yourselves feel more important, so that you can still feel instill fear into students and parents alike. So that is that some kind of job security tactic? Yeah, no, they need a police force. They have one. You want more money on top of that? Then negotiate in earnest. Don't put out all this other crap and put the fear of God in, in students and parents. Parents already feel some kind of way sending their kids off to college. And now you're gonna add, add an extra layer of anxiety, and then and then and then how are we, the citizens of New Haven, supposed to feel when you put that foolishness out there? And all these black and brown folks and folks that work who are not students who work at that university and got to see that propaganda, and that's what you think of New Haveners. And 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 you know what? You 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 have to have some, you know, in order to be ashamed, in order to understand how wrong they were, they have to be willing to understand 
how wrong they were. And I, I, and this is some, this is some trope from 1975. You know. I met some students the other day at Possible Futures Bookstore, but a gaggle of them from Dwight Hall. Wonderful students took the bus here. Now they actually could have walked their asses over here, but you know, they had a lot of stops, I guess. But they came and hung out in, in the neighborhood at the bookstore. You know, wonderful, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed students. The the promise of tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Like they are literally the promise of tomorrow. And I and this is what I know. I'm not gonna live long enough to see them become whatever, right? Because they're just starting their journey. I mean, if I live long enough, I'll be in assisted living somewhere. Uh, uh, reading about all the good things that they've contributed to the country and to the world. Uh, and uh, they were upset about it because they thought it was an unfair and unjustified portrayal of the city that they are going to call home for the next four years or however long they're going to be here for their educational journey. See, if I was the police, if I was the leader of the Yale Police Union, I wouldn't have put out that propaganda. You know what I would have put out? I would have put out something that says, we work hard to ensure the safety of your children and the people that work on this campus. And we care deeply about the people of New Haven so that we are always working in concert with the New Haven Police Department and ourselves to ensure that safety first in and outside of campus. That's what I would have put out there. That's what I would have put out there because that looks like you give a damn. That looks like you are committed to something other than your own wallets. Shame on you for putting that out there. And to hell with all the people that weigh in and jumped in and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, New Haven is a dangerous place. How do you know? Give me some examples where you yourself have experienced some harm, some 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 crime committed against you. And there's a lot of people who I'm sure has been carjacked, mugged, shot at, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you what I know. And I could be wrong. But all the shootings that go down is personal beefs based on some other stuff, not for citizens. There's nobody running around this street, drive-by, shooting at random citizens. That's not happening. The shooting is directed and pointed for to, to, to a particular group of folks who got beef with each other. And yes, some innocent people got hit or, or, or was not the intended target. But what neighborhood were they in? It wasn't in these neighborhoods where the people who were running their mouths on these social media sites. They hate it, you hate it. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, New Haven is so dangerous. And, and, and now this new one, New Haven is so dirty. Well, if you feel that way, get your asses out your car with a garbage bag and pick up some trash if you see it. I mean, if you feel so strongly about it. That's what I do when I walk down the street. I see garbage. I pick it up because that's how I was raised. I don't like living in squalor. I don't live in squalor. So if you see trash, pick it up. 
We did a whole word on the street with this guy in a particular neighborhood. It was just every morning, every other morning, he goes out there and he picks up the trash. He not he not paid by the city. He not paid by nobody. It's like because it's the right thing to do. It's my contribution as a citizen and a neighbor. So rather than run your mouths about all the trash you see, do something about it. Get out your damn car. Take a walk. When you walk down the street and you see trash, pick it up. Walk with a bag. Put your trash in the bag. When you get home, put it in your trash can. Don't even bring it in your house. And we all got these, these gray damn trash things outside. Put them in the trash. Everybody got to do their part. Public works does a damn good job. They come like clockwork. First responders, they get your garbage. Now, when they don't pick up their garbage, it's because your garbage is not packaged right. And you can't expect them to, like, handle stuff that you, you yourself should handle before you put your garbage outside. It's not fair to them. Because they are tasked with getting, picking up refuge. Refuse. When they pick up the refuse, they, they do it, and they start early in the day, and they get it done. But if your stuff is not, not tight in bags, all that other kind of stuff, and some of y'all are nasty, and you know who you are in some neighborhoods, some of y'all are nasty, 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 nasty people. And you think public works is there to be your beckon, to be your, you know, at your beckon call. Well, I'll just throw it out here any kind of way and they'll just pick it up. No, that's not how that works. They have a contract too. And they're not contracted to just do any old kind of thing. And they do a good job. Public works does a great job. So we have to do, we have to in turn be good citizens and good stewards of our neighborhoods and of the earth. We have to be good stewards of the neighborhood and the earth. So it's your responsibility to sort of do your part. If you see garbage, pick it up. You're not beneath it. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. It's Friday. Because <laughs> people got me mad. <laughs> you got me mad. Because you want to live in a city as if you live in a fiefdom. Uh, who are these people who don't know how to be in community? Who don't who don't love this city? If you do not love this city, get the hell out of this city. Go take your little cells to the neighboring suburb. But you're not. You know why? Because secretly, deep down, you love the city. You like the pulse of the city. You like the energy of the city. This city has a lot of go-getting people. Even if you don't agree with people, there's some energy here. Even if you don't like some of the politics, there's still energy here. There's people that, no matter what, they are working in earnest to solve problems. I'm just saying, I love this city. And I've lived other places. I always come back here. I like it. I like it. I like when I drive down the street and I know where I'm going and people know. I like when I go in restaurants and people know my name and all that. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Oh, it went national? <laughs> wow, Harry. That's something. Can I pull that up? Look at that. Yale students. Yale students got a terrifying message from the campus police. There was anger after the campus police union. Okay. Come on, New York Times. Stop with your foolishness. God, I don't... I, I can't, you know, Harry, I can't open it because, you know, it's got the wall in front of me. It's making me want to answer all kinds of stuff I don't want to. Anyway, I, but I know what it says. 
<laughs> that was a poor move. And I, I hope this article reflects badly on the Yale campus. And you know, Yale don't like bad press. <laughs> Anthony Campbell said the chief of the that it wrongly painted. That's that's not strong enough language. <laughs> I you know, I don't like that. I need stronger language. I need stronger language. I, you know what I want? I want I want him to say the Yale police union was trashed for putting that out there. <laughs> that's that's what I, I want. I want. You know. That's that's what I want. It was trash for putting that out there. You know. That that was a that was a bitch move right there. Can I say bitch? <laughs> That was a bitch-ass move on the Yale Police Union side. I I, I don't know why they did it. And, and you know, I, I, it's only one or two things. Only one thing. They think that putting the fear in these kids and their parents will ensure that they keep their jobs, that they have jobs, that they negotiate. Look at the, look what, look how hard it is for us. Look how dangerous it is. You have to pay us more money. <laughs> that, that's the, I'm sure that's the, that's got to be the only thinking. You know, I, I'm not even before I even get to the racist part of it. <laughs> it's driven by financial gain because otherwise, what's the point? See, see how hard it is, see how dangerous it is in New Haven on Yale's campus. We have to work so hard to put our lives on the line for these students. We should get more money. <laughs> Instead of negotiating in earnest and on the merits of what they do. And that's the job that they do. And I know some Yale cops. I've known some Yale cops for who, uh, some of them just retired. But I've known some for a very long time. And I used to admire some of them. But this last ploy gives me pause. Gives me a great deal of pause. Because uh, what you what you because if you feel that way, then you need to go. Go, go, go be at, on the police force at Trinity or Wesleyan or whatever. Go, go apply there <laughs> to be, be police over there and allow some good people to come and be police officers at, at the at Yale. Some, some people who really actually give a damn about students and their well-being and, 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 and town gown relations. That, that's what you need. So I, 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 I you know, Anthony Campbell, you, you were a, a New Haven police chief, you know, like the leader of the New Haven Police Department. And you are Yale trained, meaning you you went to Yale. <laughs> so so, you know wh what this city is about through and through you, you from here. You know what the city is. And and to and and to. I appreciate you speaking out. I need stronger language. And I and I need a no-nonsense attitude about it. You know? Because the Yale, the Yale Police Union, the Yale Police Union looked like private dancers. You know, dancers for money. Any old music will do. And so the music that they they wanted to play is uh, 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 New Haven is a dangerous place trope. 
Well, if it's so dangerous, you shouldn't work here. Uh, you know, I mean, really, I because because you know, you putting that fear into people is uh sad and conduct unbecoming. I think I could be wrong, but a lot of other people felt like y'all were wrong too. I'm, it's not just me. Other people felt like that was a bad look. And uh, and I dare say uh, it was. It was. So we'll see what happens as we move forward. Uh, but I'm not going to let it go. So I'll be talking about it some more. Anyway, dope and delicious on uh, Dixwell Avenue. I've been meaning to get over there. Although there's not much I can eat there because it's very, uh, it's very, um, it's very uh, surf and turf, and I can't do a lot of that because I I'm allergic to shellfish. Um, so like, so I, it's hard. But I figure I bet you I could go in there and get something. So I'll make my way in there. You know, they do Southern comfort food, seafood. I know everything is buttered up, so I'm going to have a, I already looked at the menu, so I'm going to have a tough time. But I got to go in there because I just like, I just like the idea of dope and delicious. And I tried to go over there um, on for Juneteenth, but they were closed because I think they carry the Gorilla um, Lemonade because that's what I wanted for the Juneteenth party on the porch. You know, I was trying to, I, I have all black, uh, you know, things that are black inspired, black in nature, black made black built, you know, and so they got black wine, black wines, black wines from black wineries, that kind of thing. And I wanted some um, Gorilla Lemonade. They have it. So I was like, okay. No, they weren't open. That's why. I couldn't find it anywhere. So anyway, I met the, I met the Gorilla Lemonade folks uh, at the, at the Black Wall Street and I got their car. So I'm going to call them. <laughs> They have their card right here. Um, and uh, let's see if I can't get some lemonade. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had it yet. Everybody likes it. So uh, everybody likes it. So anyway, so I'm, I'm over at the New Haven Independent site and uh, I'm just taking a look at what's happening. Uh, you know, so it's nice. It's nice to open up the New Haven Independent to a, a, a plate of soul food. <laughs> Even though, even though I can't eat not nail none of this up here, you know, in, in its current iteration, I can't eat none of this. Like this, I see shrimp. I can't eat none of that, and I'm sure it's all buttered up corn. I can't eat any of that. That's all right. I'm going in. I'm gonna make them like, hey, hey, I need y'all to do some vegan stuff. You know, get it in. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, what else? Uh, let me see what else is going on. Huh. There's, there's some good stuff going on, but I was trying to find, uh, I was trying to find uh, the more story on uh, on uh, the police stuff. Because, you know, that was just ridiculous. But uh, I'll, I'll find it. Listen, I'll be back on Monday. So, I'll, you know, this is not going to go away for me because that just pissed me off to no end. You know, 
It just it just made me mad. I'm still mad. But I tell you what makes me happy though. I was downtown on the green yesterday for the rhythm exchange. Um, the Arts and Ideas has been doing is you know kicking off this um, the rhythm exchange, which is you know they put on little concerts downtown on the green on lunch hours on Thursdays. And I went down there yesterday uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Shah, her grandmother and grandfather were in town. They had spent some time at Mohegan Sun for their like wedding anniversary, like the gazillionth wedding anniversary or something. You know, they're very elderly people, lovely, lovely people, sort of the earth people. So anyway, um, so she she wanted them to run through New Haven um, and catch some of the rhythm exchange. Um, so every Thursday from 12 to 1 uh, on the New Haven Green, Arts and Ideas puts on some kind of concert. Like last week, I think it was, last Thursday was Dulio and uh, and another young sister. And they were DJs and they were spinning music for a dance party. This week, it was this um, Cuban, by way of Spain, by way of Florida band. And they were amazing. They were so good. I enjoyed it. So now I want everybody to think about, you know, if you got if you got some time on Thursdays and you're on your lunch hour and the weather is great, come down to the New Haven Green and catch you a little mini. It's all free. It's all free. It's all free. The arts and I, I the arts and ideas people are out there. You know, they put they put those lawn chairs out so you can sit out there and just chill. Bring your lunch. Bring your coworkers. Sit out. Come out these buildings and uh, and sit on the grass. And, and get entertained for an hour. Everybody gets a lunch break. So whether yours is 30 minutes, 45 minutes or whatever, make your, you know what, plan the night before, you know, this is what I'm going to take on the green for lunch hour. And then go out on the green and, and get, get you a little concert in. Seriously. Nobody's going to shoot you. <laughs> Contrary to the Yale Police Union. <laughs> so get out there. I had a good time. It was really good. They they really jammed. Uh, I can't call the name of the band. I got to go and look it up. Um, but uh, Shelly uh, was out there. Uh, the leader of the uh, the leader of the of the Arts and Ideas International Festival of Arts and Ideas, and uh, uh, so she was out there. So it was good. So get out there and check it out. And uh, it's fun. It's a good time. It's a really, really good time. Really, really good time. So uh, I enjoyed it immensely. So I'll wait and see what it is next week. There's a good chance you might find me out there. Depending on where I'm at and what I got to do. So many things. So many things. So yeah, next Thursday is the 31st. So yeah, I should be able to make that. Looks like a good idea. Looks like a good idea. So, so yeah, so that was yesterday. And then today, I've got a wedding to go to. I'm so excited. I love weddings. And no, no, I'm not performing the wedding. I'm not officiating the wedding. I'm just going as a as a guest. So uh, Serafina and Desmond are getting married this evening. And uh, it's going to be good. And then, then what I'm excited about is uh, late night jazz at Cafe Nine. I'm going to go late night jazz tonight. I'm going to late night jazz. I don't care. <laughs> I don't got nowhere to be tomorrow morning. So I can go to late night jazz. Uh, I'm going to uh, late night jazz. So if you're around, Cafe Cafe 9, late night jazz. Ryan Sands, 
uh, is trying to re revitalize this. I guess it used to be a thing, and now it's coming back as a thing. So, uh, so come, 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 and just uh, be in the space. I'm looking forward to it. To tell you the truth, late night jazz, Ryan Sands. So, and you know, late night jazz is a whole mood. You know, late night jazz, some cocktails, whatever. That's a whole vibe. So don't 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 sleep on it. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it's gonna be nice. So uh doors open. Uh let's see, it's gonna be late, a late night. I'm trying to find a flyer so I could tell you exactly. Oh damn it, did I just did I just uh lose track of something? I did. Did. I think I was just on the verge of finding the details. Uh, but, you know, it's one of my... And since since um Cafe Nine has changed hands, I haven't been in there yet. So I think they got like a little food menu happening, you know. So, you know, other than, you know, the chips that you could get at the bar. I hope, I think. I thought they had a little... Somebody told me. Or maybe that was what they was trying to do. I don't know. I haven't been there since, since the new owners took over. So, but I'm gonna be in there tonight for late night, uh, late night jazz. And you know, you know, I don't care. I'll go by myself. <laughs> I'll go sit right in there. <laughs> I'll go right in there, and uh, and uh, uh, have a good time. This, this is some moody music. I think it's from like ten to one or some old mess. Which is fine with me. Fine with me. I like a late night haunt. And if this is going to be the thing, baby, I will be there. I can't find it. Uh, maybe I have to go to Ryan Sands' uh, website. Because he was the one that um, posted it up. I thought it was on the uh, Cafe Nine site, but it's not. <laughs> So I'm like, where is it? So let me see if I can find it. Oh, that's not what I want. Uh, you know, the problem is when there's so many people. Uh, uh, so many people are on a, they're with the same name. <laughs> so you pull up, he puts somebody's name, it's like 20 of them. You're like, that's not who I'm looking for. So I'm going to, um, I know I saw it on the Insta, so I'm going to go find it on the Insta. And, uh, cause he's got his own little, he's got his own little band and, uh, yep. Ryan Sands on drums. So maybe here I can find it. <laughs> Let's see. Oh boy. Yes, here it is. Cafe nine presents late night jazz. So Late Night Jazz is back in New Haven for the first time in decades. So join Cafe Nine and Ryan Sands for a historic occasion on August 25th. So the house band, Ryan Sands, Wes Lewis, uh, Inegi, uh, Alo, 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 Gungbi, and Miles Zod. What time is this? 10.30 to 1 a.m. 
So that'll give me time because I'll be at the wedding. Wedding is like five, reception, da 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 da. And then I'll make a beeline downtown New Haven at 10 30 for late night jazz. So late night jazz, I will be there. I will be there. So yeah, late night jazz. So I'm I'm gonna post it up tonight. Meet me there. Yeah, meet me there. Or be square. <laughs> Meet me there, be square. That's where I'm going. I'm going. Kick back. I'll be dressed up, but that's fine. I don't care. Not too dressed up because I'm not having my makeup done. So that's that's how I that's how I determine whether I'm dressed up. I haven't decided what I was gonna wear to the wedding. Only because the weather has kind of might dictate what I put on. Uh, but you know what? It's not my wedding. I'm just I'm just a, I'm just going to celebrate with them. So who cares? But you know, I think she's married. I think he's Nigerian. So you know, it's going to be it's going to be head to toe fashion. <laughs> so I, you know what? I can't even hang. I'm just gonna put on something. I will be in the space. I'm gonna jam a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it in a little bit, and then and then that's gonna be it. <laughs> I don't got nothing to prove. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I got nothing. Nothing. And uh, I got nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So, oh, Lord, I'm watching this. Uh, I'm watching this sister whoop this this little. She in, they're in France. A man attacks a woman. He attacks this black woman in France. And she and he tries to whoop her butt. And she she opened up a whole can of whoop ass. I don't think he was, <laughs> you know, I don't think he was a, he was hitting her like he can't ran up on her talking trash. And I guess because I I guess he thought because she was a woman that she was just gonna take it. And uh and and she lifts his butt up and slams him to the cobblestone and Puts the one-two on him. <laughs> she gives him the one-two. And then she stomps him in the head. People had to come pull her off of him. I know. I know. He will never, he will think twice about that mess again. See, some of these people think, I don't know what they think when they're running up on sisters like that. I don't know what they think. But I know one thing. Yeah, he caught he caught a bad one that day. It's I'm telling we are. Let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something right now. We are in this moment of hashtag f a f o hashtag f a f o. If you don't know what that is, you better ask somebody before you before you catch a bad one. Because this is this is the season. This is the season of hashtag F-A-F-O. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, uh, we walking around with folding chairs. Let me tell you something. Jump if you want to. We got folding chairs out here. <laughs> we got folding chairs out here. We not playing. Run up if you want to. You're going to get served. We we not we not 
Uh uh. There's no turn the other cheek. Uh 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 uh. There's no there's no more turn the other cheek. No, we're gonna turn your other cheek. That's what's gonna happen. So run up on us if you must. If you feel you feeling, you know, confident, <laughs> bold, <laughs> emboldened. Try it. See what happens. You're not gonna like it, but you know, you know how we say in the hood. Uh, I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> That's my brother Robert's favorite saying. He loves saying that. I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. I know, I know people want me to say something about the Trump stuff. I, listen, he's, he's a citizen. <laughs> he committed crime. You get the perp walk, you go do your fingerprints, you take your mugshot. What? That's that's just how it goes. It's not this not a new system. <laughs> he just new to the system. <laughs> that's it. It's not a new system. People have been perp walk for forever and ever and ever. Who among us? <laughs> it's not a new system, boys and girls. Not a new system. He just new to the system. You know, so you know, go yeah. So you can mean mug all you want. That don't mean a damn thing. You can mean mug, or you can be like that other that other white girl smiling, looking like she's crazy. Ain't nothing to smile about, girl, when you enter somebody's system. But all right, <laughs> you think you're being cute? You're not being cute. You look smug, and and you're making a mockery uh, of the judicial system when you do that. You know, it's all right. She'd be all right. Donald Trump would be all right too. <laughs> I saw the scowl. You know, I done seen it on social media. People done animated it. <laughs> they done made memes. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani too. Rudy Giuliani. You know, listen. When I was in grad school, I worked for Rudy Giuliani. I I was a I was in I was a National Urban Fellow. And I was assigned to the medical assistance program, and I I reported to him. I reported to the deputy director of uh, 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 the medical assistance program, and um, and I was the liaison from the mayor's office to that program. And so I was charged with uh, trying to understand why, uh, uh, you know, at that time, um, New York had medical assistance programs in all the boroughs. And uh, and and there was a, a disconnect somewhere. I found it. I had to do. A, I did my whole dissertation on the disconnect of what was happening. They were deliberately. <laughs> they were deliberately trying to discourage people from using the medical assistance program. Now I don't know. I don't know who, where that edict came from. I was just charged with figuring out what was happening, and so I figured out what was happening and wrote a dissertation on it. I said, this is what's happening. <laughs> and there were very, very slick ways in which they were discouraging uh, people from utilizing the medical assistance program, which is essentially uh, a program where if you don't have any money or you're indigent, in, in, indigent uh, you know, like homeless 
or you were an immigrant, and you didn't have any insurance, you could go to the medical assist medical assistance program and and get your bills taken care of, see a doctor, you know, not that not there, but they could give you, you know, voucher, all the things so you could go visit a doctor. And so, but people, they were discouraging people from using the program. And they had an office in every, all the five boroughs. And I went to all the five boroughs. That's how I learned about uh, uh, New York. That's how I learned New York City so well. You know, I had to go out to Staten Island, Queens, Bronx, Brooklyn, uh, and and uh, and Midtown, Manhattan, uh, uh, Queens. So, uh, so what they were doing? <laughs> the one thing they were doing was uh, they would uh, make people wait. Science will tell you. Studies have shown that um, people will only wait. I think like 53 minutes before they give up and say, I got to go do something else. And so they knew that and they would make people wait. Now, not because they were so backed up or busy, but because they were trying to deliberately discourage people from using the medical assistance program. So if you, so if there was a medical assistance office in say Chinatown, everybody, everybody in Chinatown, you know, Chinatown, they speak Chinese. They 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 wouldn't put a, a Chinese interpreter in Chinatown. They put the Chinese interpreter on Staten Island. <laughs> or um, Brooklyn is a, a, a huge Russian population, and they need uh, Russian translators. They they wouldn't they wouldn't have the Russian translators in Brooklyn, they would put them in Harlem. <laughs> it's not funny. It was heartbreaking and it was so disrespectful, so disrespectful. But that was a couple of ways that they were discouraging people because they would say, oh, the Russian interpreter is in Harlem and make these people go from Brooklyn to Harlem to go find the Russian interpreter, or they'll say, "Come back Thursday, and we'll we'll see if we can get the Russian interpreter here on Thursday." It was a it was crazy. <laughs> it was the it was the craziest thing. And when I once I figured out what was happening, and I would go, and the woman who was running the medical, the deputy commissioner, um, she was a Latina. And she just seemed surprised. And I was, and I'm thinking to myself, somebody had to sign off. Somebody had to know these shenanigans was going on. I mean, it was, it was, and it was more, it was more stuff too. Like it was way more. It was, they was, they was putting people's wrong addresses on documents so they wouldn't get the documents that they needed. So they'd have to come down there and get the, oh, child, it was, <laughs> it was a, I was like, why in God's name are y'all making this so difficult to do? Because they didn't want people, because what they wanted people to do is to go find other ways to get the help that they needed. That was terrible. It was just, and people, and people would just, you know, they would just get tired of waiting and they would just leave. And I would sit there and I would count, you know, that I, cause you know, when you, when you're working on the dissertation, you know, you have to have a hypothesis and then you got to have all the quanti quantitative 
analysis to go with what you find and what and prove all the things. So I would I would be in these medical assistance programs. First I was I start off in the waiting room. And I would count when people come into the waiting room and how long they would wait. And then I would, you know, uh this is how I figured out like Russian people would go, people would be in Brooklyn or wherever they were, and there'd be no Russian interpreters. <laughs> It'd be like a Chinese interpreter, but there are no Chinese people in Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, it was stupid stuff like that all the time. And I would say, and I would get I would get annoyed for these people. I'd be like, why don't you just put the Russian, why don't you take the Russian interpreter out of Harlem and put them over here? And they would just look at me like, like I'm the asshole. <laughs> so that's what I wrote my, I listen, listen, I, I got honors for that thing. And I had to give it over to Giuliani. That's my Giuliani story. I gave it to Giuliani. I don't know what they did with it. You know, they thanked me. He wanted me to come work there. But, you know, New York has a rule. Uh, you have to live in New York City proper to to work to work in New York, and it was a lot of money too, man. Oh man, oh man! And it was so much money that my husband and I, my then husband and I, we looked at some brownstones because they had a brownstone, uh, a buy a buy a brownstone pro project uh, program. Um, you know, they would give you some money toward buying a brownstone and renovation. But you know, and and, and this is so crazy because Lawrence and I, we looked at this and we went to see a brownstone. It was. It was like a burnt out shell. Like it was a mess. And you know, we we didn't know what we didn't know what to think about this. But but the you know, they were giving you that first of all, the, the broken down brown brownstone was going for like a like hundred and fifty thousand dollars or some little thing. That was more money than he and I would be like were comfortable with. And then they'd give you another, I don't know, $150,000 to like start doing the work renovation. So you'd be all in for like three hundred thousand dollars, something like that. And and you know when we look when we look back on that I think we look back on it like in like a decade after we said no those brownstones were now going for like two and three million dollars. <laughs> this is this is what I mean when you when you don't when you when you don't know nothing you just don't know. You just, we had no idea that would have been an amazing investment. Do you know how rich I would be right now? Like I would be rich. <laughs> Not Martha Stewart rich, but you know, rich. <laughs> oh my God. So we and we still laugh about that. It's like maybe we just didn't know what we was we didn't we didn't know. We just didn't know. It just really was, we just didn't know. So so anyway, uh so I couldn't I couldn't work in New York. Um I couldn't work for the uh for the for the uh, New York City government. Uh, because uh, I wasn't, we wasn't willing to relocate to uh, New York, and I'm glad we didn't. Because I love New York like that. I like what I was doing, but I love New York like that. You know, we looked at Brook, we looked at a couple of apartments in Brooklyn. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. I was like, oh, it's just too many people, not enough greenery. You know, people thought we were crazy. I mean, Lawrence was in New York. He was, you know, he grew up in New York, kinda. Um, so, so he kind of wanted to go back, but I, but you know, he was working for Metro North, so he, it, you know, wouldn't have been a thing for him. But uh, I, I didn't love it. I just didn't love it, and he didn't love it either. I, I think he liked building his life in Connecticut because it was such a slower pace. So anyway, I'm gonna take a break, but I'll be back at uh, ten fifteen. I got BWAC coming on ten fifteen. Um, BWAC is coming on. Uh, to talk about the fundraiser that's going to be happening for him on Saturday at 8 o'clock at the Smokestack, uh, hosted by 
uh, a broken umbrella theater. So uh, he'll be he'll tune in to 15. Y'all know what to do. I'll be right back. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases, with higher rates in Hispanic and black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. Here comes the brand new flavor in your ear. Time for new flavor in your ear. I'm kicking new flavor in your ear. Back brand new flavor in your ear. Craig Mack, 1,000 degrees. You'll be on your knees and you'll be burning, begging, please. Brother Freeze, man's in the studio, deep-rooted folks smoke and leaves your brains booted. This bad MC with stamina like Bruce Jenner, the winner takes an MCs for dinner. You're crazy like that glue. I think that you can outdo my one-two that's sick like the flu. Shake them down, boy. I flip, boy, all the time. Plus, boy, the rhyme to kick and ain't worth a dime. Seems like there's no competition in this rap world expedition. You come around and knock your opposition. Knock them out. No flame could ever dig a grave. Both the back, the power pack, and black make you see man crap. And here comes a brand new flavor in your ear. Max, a brand new flavor in your ear. Here comes a brand new flavor in your ear. Myself and I. It's just me, myself and I. It's just me, myself and I. 
They diss my person by stating I'm darkly packed. I know this, so I point at Q-tip and he states black is black. Mirror, mirror on the wall, shovel chestnuts in my path. Just keep on the nuts so I don't get an aftermath. But if I do, I'll calmly punch them in the fourth day of July. Cause they try to mess with third degree, that's me, myself, and I. Nah. Me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear These love notes, the ones that I wrote Oh, these melodies, here are some memories And these love notes, I found in an old coat Mean something new, all because of you to lean on can you hear me come near me I've been dreaming my angel will come but I never expected that you'd be the one now I found you I wanna stay around you suddenly it's clear now that I can hear that I wrote Oh, these melodies 
Here are some memories These love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you
There we go. Good morning. Welcome to Love Bath Love Talk. It's the second hour. I believe I'm going in right, Harry. I'm in. Hey, Edmund B. Wack Comfort. Yep, that's me in the flesh. What's up? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Listen, you gave all of New Haven a damn scare. Oh, man. <laughs> How about that, huh? Oh, my God. And, you know, we didn't know what was happening until uh, word got out. So we didn't really know what was happening. And when everybody heard it, everybody was, like, shocked. And and for those who, who are tuning in and don't know uh, Edmund B. Watt Comfort, which I don't know how you don't know him, because uh, mm. he's uh, a beloved New Havener artist, muralist, and uh, uh, just an all-around great person. Uh, but he, uh, he contracted uh, a type of pneumonia uh, that uh, set off some blood clots and and had to have uh, his knees, his uh, legs amputated at just below the knee and a couple of fingers on one of his hands. Um, and so that was quite shocking. Yes. Big time. Yes. Yes. And so how do you how do you prepare for that? Do you even prepare for that? Because you don't have a whole lot of time to give it a whole lot of thought. I, not at all. I mean, it, it's, it's it's weird because I would have thought something else would have happened to me than that. If you know what I mean, I would have thought that, you know, I might have had a heart attack or a stroke or, you know, <laughs> something like that. But to be footless. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Footless is, is, is a lot. You know, I mean, I, I get stuck in one spot. I can't go anywhere for hours and hours and hours. It's just amazing to me just how you know my life changing it is being that you know i'm i'm so hyper <laughs> I'm, I'm like considered i know a i mean you you really are you know i mean you're you're like genius level artist um i mean that's you know i mean that's the truth right you're like genius level yeah. artist and uh oh, and for somebody to have the kind of energy uh that you have uh one would think that this might might slow you down but I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, no, 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 that mean, please. <laughs> um, I haven't <laughs> had time to even think about, you know, you know, what's next. You know, I just do. You know, I just get out there and do, and I do what's needed. I do what has to be done, and I will find a way. You know, where there's a will, there's a way. I was brought up, you know. I, I hear you. So I was reading the piece on Lucy Gelman did the came to your came to your studio on Whaley Avenue, I guess, and and um, had a long conversation with you about what has happened to you. And that was the first time you were in your studio since for like months and months and months. What was that like? 
Oh man, I mean, all along, you know, I kept saying, um, I gotta hold on to the studio. I gotta hold on to the studio because I'm gonna need something to get to do once I get out, once I get out of the hospital. I'm gonna need something to do. So I had to tell my little daughter to shut up, be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah, this iPad. Five year olds are not yeah. quiet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The iPad is she she wanna be heard. So that's her. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a wonderful thing, you know. And that was one of the things that you know kept me going. Like I gotta have something to go back to. Even if I don't have any fingers or whatever, I gotta do something. I gotta figure out what can I do in this studio. So, you know, I mean, when these kinds of things happen to people, when this kind of thing happened to you, um, do you do you ever does it did it cross your mind that you would lose the ability to create art? Like, did you did you think that, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do? I, I Sometimes I get in a, in a state where where I'm like, you know, um, Lord, I'm at the top of my world. You know, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. And if and if you take all of it away from me, I'll still have me. I'll still have my art. I'll still be able to do something, you know. And I, I feel like this is, is a challenge, you know, my next challenge. I've been places where I've used, exerted every bit of my body, exerted every, you know, opportunity that I had to walk and everything. And now I'm at the point where, okay, I was I asked the Lord for another challenge. Here he go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna need you to stop asking God for stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So so there so you, you have a GoFundMe page, which uh we might put up in a minute. But there's also uh the, the folks at uh, uh a broken umbrella theater, um, you know, uh Ian Allen. Alderman and Ruben Ortiz and Ryan uh, Cardinier, um, uh are doing an improv fundraiser for you on Saturday because they they're so moved by uh, by your 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 goodness um, and how you've uh, been such a a good uh, addition to the work that they do that they just was like we have to take care of our own and. Uh, Absolutely. And so they're doing this improv. So, so talk a little bit about that. So, um, a lot of people they don't realize that you know, um, I have another side of me, you know, a uh, theatrical side. You know, I, I, I now, not not only that I write and direct, but I also build and construct. I mean, construct sets and plays and design plays. So, you know, being in the theater community, I, I have actually happen to run. Well, let me see rerun into them because um I worked with them over at Yale Repertory Theater mm-hmm. a few years ago, like 10, 12, 20, about 20 years ago. And what they've done outside of Yale Repertory was form their own theater company, which you know deals with um the history of New Haven and, and different different history points of New Haven. They put on plays with New Haven. Yeah, the regicides. The regicides. Right. Yes, yes. That, yeah, that's their that's their mission to, you know, to bring, you know, the old, the old school, you know, and suck about. But um I happened to run into them on their second production. And, you know, I've been a part of their productions ever since. You know, um, you know, the library project, the vaudeville, they did the vaudeville at Lyric Hall. 
They did um the play with matches and um Erector Square and Erector Square. Like so, you know, I've been instrumental on on um constructing help constructing sets, help design sets, help paint sets, you know, and we over the years we became friends, like literal literally friends, like people we could, you know, call each other upon and talk to each other and have a good time, as well as work in the um in the theater field. So um Ian called me up. He was like, Hey BWAC, you know, I think it would be a good idea. We, you know, do a, a play in your honor and donate the proceeds. I was like, wow, this is actually literally an honor to me. Because I was like, you know, I, I really have some good friends, you know. And, and oh and, yes, you you really do have some good friends. And people, as people are starting to find out about what has happened to you, uh, there's been a great deal of uh outpouring of support. So I think this Saturday is just going to be uh, a, a big deal for people. One, they get to see you because I believe you're coming. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, indeed. so people want to lay eyes on you and yes, probably, yes, probably yes, hug indeed. you or whatever, depending on how yeah. comfortable you are with that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and New Haven is known for taking care of folks who have taken care of New Haven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not... I, I I'm not surprised, you know, you know, but um I always keep saying like in, in you know in my head I didn't do it for you know him I didn't do it for that I didn't whatever I did I just did it and was done with it and on to the next you know I didn't do it and 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 looks for support or anything you know so it's it's, it's mad love you know on my end I just so appreciate everybody and you know doing what they could do for me and just. You know, I'm overwhelmed, actually, you know, because, again, you know, it's helping out with bills that, you know, which which I was in the hospital being like, you got you got to hurry up and cut these legs while so I go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's a good ass. It's humor right there. <laughs> you know, they were like, are you sure? I mean, I, I, are you sure? You know, it takes a lot. In the mental, I'm like, look, I'm not crying over spilled milk. I know, you know, I get what happened, but I got to keep going. You know, I can't, I can't fall behind on any of these car notes or rents or anything. <laughs> now, now, you know, that, that is, that is funny. And and a real testament to uh, looking forward and not dwelling in, uh, in what is happening to you. So, so b tell me, tell me how you get the name b What is that? I know yeah, it feels no, very hip hop. So tell yeah. me. It's totally, totally, totally hip hop. You know, um, I used to, um, you know, spray paint, um, you know, spray paint on things, <laughs> and uh, and you know, I decided, you know, um, it, I never really liked my style. I thought it was kind of corny, you know. But other artists used to be like, "Yo, that's whack, yo." <laughs> so I was trying to make it like a, um, almost like a reparation. Like, okay, you want to see whack? I'll show you something whack. And you know, I just use it as as the embetterment myself. You oh, know? I love it. I love it. And yeah. and you and you like working with young people. Like you're always working with students. Somehow, I mean, somehow I just find myself down that path. You know, you know, it's like <laughs> it's always a, a, a hard task, you know, like to get someone to to, you know, basically listen and, and, and look at their future. But, you know, somehow they, they just cling to me. You know, young people, they cling to me. I cling to them. You know, I, I wouldn't want like a lot of things that I went through in life to happen to them. You know, um, you know, I I, I faced challenges like like I dropped out of high school, you know, and then, you know, eventually I would go back and get, a, you know, my high equivalency and a, an associates in business and things like that. 
but um because I understand the importance of, of education. But you know, like I said, I, I went through high school in a in a zone. You know, I went through high school like I just kind of like floated through high school and didn't realize like how important it was and would would take you know would take would be in my life in the future. And Where'd you I go to high school? Where'd you? I, you, you oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, what yeah, year did you yeah. graduate? Eighty six. Well, I was supposed to graduate in eighty six. You know, I only made it to eleventh grade. You know, I, I I took one of those tasks where I, shoot, I'd rather work than go to school. You know, <laughs> wrong attitude. <laughs> Terribly wrong attitude. If I can get somebody to realize, you know, stop. You know, especially you know a, a high school person, stop. Get your credits. Get your education. And you know, and and, and uh-huh. what you know will determine how you'll live in the future. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Did you go back you know, and get a GED? Did you get a GED? I did. I got a GED and I got associates in business. And, and you know, I, I, I don't want any more education, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I had to have something to sell for something, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. so what's what's your new normal like? Like, what, what's 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 your new normal like? Because you have to adjust to these these physical changes and challenges. We, I'm gonna say the new normal is everything slow. <laughs> I'm not as fast as I used to be. I got to take a, a whole pareto of time to plan ahead and do before I do. There's no get up and go and get dressed and figure it out when I get there. None of that no more. I got to take everything step by step, you know. Now, do you find that to be helpful or challenging? Um, 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 in a way, both, you know, um, I feel like, you know, you know, God was telling me to slow down. You know, you was doing a lot, you know, slow your butt down. And if you're not careful, you know, you can get hurt. (laughs) And, and, you know, and and then, you know, the, um, the challenge, that's the challenging part is, is, is coming up ways to, you know, accommodate in my home because mm. you, you know like things you know going to the bathroom is is, is not an easy task you know I have, it's, it's, it's a task you know so I have to really you know watch what I eat so when I do go to the bathroom type of things you know what I mean it's kind of like you know mapped out a little bit so it's just weird wow so yeah. so so these new challenges um physical Mental challenges, I would imagine, because you have to constantly sort of keep yourself in a good state of mind so that you can do. So how does this change how you see art and how do you create art? Um, It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Um, I'm actually anxious to get back in the studio, anxious to see what I can do, anxious to do, you know, go above, above and beyond my means. You know, I'm anxious to do all of that. You know, right now I'm just still healing. It's um um that's like the 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 main challenge right now is healing because mm-hmm. I want to do so much but I have to take some time and stay off the legs and let them you know heal properly. And, and do you figure. have physical therapy? Like like what is the commitment to to your well being from the medical perspective? I mean, um, physical peer therapy came in and seen me for the last time yesterday. 
Okay. <laughs> they're like, um, they're like, you know, I, I, I walk them through the motions of how I get up, how I use the bathroom, I come up and down the stairs, how I walk. And they were like, well, there's nothing we can do for you. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you, you know, you, you seem to have it all going on. You know, you seem to have it all, you know, doing very well, and you're very strong, and you know, you, you're gonna do better, and, 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 and you know, kudos to you. You know, okay. so. That's what they and now, do they pain. do they refer you to support groups with people who have uh, amputated limbs and such? Like, are have you sought that out yet, or will you consider seeking um, that out? I, it, it's wild because you know, even when I was in the hospital and the doctors were consulting me, they were like, "Well, we can hook you up with people who have done it, done so." And I was like, you know, all along my head, well, I, I'll probably be the one consulting other people. <laughs> You know, people yeah, could come yeah. to me and find out what was going on. This was before I even had them invitated. This was my my mindset. My mental was like, you know, you know, I, I'll be the one that's giving out the advice and things like that. For and in fact, I'm a woman pulled over. She seen me um going down the street, um probably three or four days ago. I was you know on the street. And she pulled over and said, "Bwack, you know, I've been looking for you, and I seen your article, and I'm a double amputee, and this, that, and the other." And she gave me some good advice, some good tips. I actually used, you know, I was like, "Oh wow, this is pretty awesome," you know. So I was like, "Wow, you know, there's a little community, you know." And I, I you know, I have long. I'm gonna call her back, and we'll have a conversation. But you know, things are good. I, I, I that's a that's a good story right there. So I know oh. you you have a deep and abiding faith. Talk talk a little bit about what how has your faith carried you in all of this? Well, I well, I was I was happy, you know, all along. Like when I say happy, I mean I had nightmares. I was a I, but I wasn't in fear for some reason. I just wasn't in fear. And one of my fears is kind of like being like claustrophobic, you know, like stuck in one spot, and can't move. And I was actually at the I actually found myself, you know, not being able to move my limbs or anything, but, but, but I didn't have fear. And, and that right there, let me know that I already had a relationship with God. You know, it let me know that God had me, that, that I didn't have anything to worry about whether I stay or leave, you know, but, um, you know, ultimately I, I wanted to stay because, and I say I wanted to say like I had control, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like I willed myself back, you know, to health because, you know, I had um, things to, to do, things to complete, things to finish. You know, at one point I thought I was just done. I had I've been here. I've done that. I've done a whole bunch of things in life. You know, it's time for me to hang it up. But apparently, <laughs> apparently it's not, you know. So like, I would hey, say so. Apparently, I would say so. So, uh, so how is your wife uh, handling this? And 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 how does your daughter uh, deal with this? And what does she know? So, so it was interesting because you know, um, you know, when when I was in the hospital, I um, I, I was I was in the hospital and they had just. Cut, amputated my legs and she comes up to me and she goes where's your feet <laughs> said, where's your feet where's your feet you know and I go um the doctors had to cut them off because they they died you know I didn't know what to say and, and you know she just said oh and she had nothing to say <laughs> so then 
like maybe a month or so later, you know, um, I, I had my my prostheses on. I put them on, and I did it on purpose. I put them on. She came in the hospital room. I put them on. I stood up and I walked to the door. She said, "You could walk. You could walk. You could walk." She started clapping like, "Oh, you could walk!" And I was just like, "Amazing, amazing, amazing!" I was so amazed with that. It still oh, touched wow. my heart. That's a Still good story. How's your wife doing? Because she's she's been at your side through this whole thing. And, and it can't be easy. I tell you, the, the, the woman is thin. The woman is thinner than a noodle. I was like, oh, my God, how did you lose so much weight? You know, <laughs> and she's just like, I, I don't know. It's just part pouring off me. She, you know, she she's down you know, down, down, you know, she, she wasn't heavy or big or anything like that. It's just that it's just no sizably noticeable. You know, I was like, look how much weight you lost, but she loves it. She's like, thank you. know, not in a such weird, that's, she was happy to, you know, have that happen, but she's like, you know, I just been stressing and I just been going and I haven't really cooked meals because you were the one who I cooked for. (laughs) 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 So I was like, you know, you're going to get that way back, you know, when you start, once I get home, because I'm going to be eating and eating and eating. I've been eating. And have you? Has has your appetite returned? Has it it was a battle. It was a battle. I lost so many pounds and I couldn't eat. And, you know, I was frustrated. And now I'm just tearing food up left and right. I'm like, you know, Greg, could you give me something to eat? <laughs> now, know, was that part of, was it a side effect of, of the amputations or like, what did they attribute that to? Yeah, she, 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 she wants to say my stomach shrunk, you know, because I, I was in, I was sick and my stomach shrunk and I wasn't able to eat much. I was just saying food was making me nauseous. I was just like, blah, 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 you know. But, you know, I kept throwing everything up. I tried to eat. It just kept coming up. I was just like, Lord, what is the matter? And I couldn't gain weight. But, you know, now I'm getting it back. So how's the rest of your family? Like, how are they dealing with this? Um, Do they Um, have questions? Do they have concerns? How are they they dealing with this? I mean, um, my uncle... He goes, you know, um, I know you're going to say no, but, you know, I ordered you a wheelchair, electric wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> did did you like, say no? <laughs> I, I, well, I was like, I was like, no, I, I was like, I'm going to be walking. I've got legs. Don't worry about it. You know, save that money. Don't worry about it. He said, too late. I already ordered it. It'll be here Tuesday. <laughs> it, you now, know, do they suggest you have a wheelchair in addition to the prosthetics? Well, the thing is, um, he was like, um, I got a feeling you're going to need it. And, okay. and, and, you know, he had the feeling because he was walking beside me in a manual wheelchair. And I was huffing and puffing. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with him. <laughs> trying to keep up with him. So then he called me the next day and said, I think you're going to need it. Okay. And, and you don't know, that thing is my favorite thing, boy. I tell really? you. I tell you, I start walking and I get tired. I'm like, hold up. This I need a rest. That thing is so <laughs> handy. And the thing about it is a newer one too. It's like a little a newer electronic. They call it the, the the you know, some of the nurses and the doctors are calling it a hybrid in the hospital. <laughs> you know, there's like it's electric and it's sleek and it's small and it fits, it folds up and fit in the car. It's like, you know, one of them two thousand 2023 models. So, you know, 
So he, so I gotta love him for that. He's like, you know, I'm like, he's been spoiling me ever since I was a little baby. You know, he's still spoiling me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and my sister, you know, my sister, she's like, she put two thousand dollars in my account. Said, bro, I don't want you to worry about nothing. I just want you to get healthy. Here, I'll put two thousand in your account. And I'm like, oh, I don't want it. Well, when I get it better, I'm gonna paint a mural on your gym for you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, you know, it's just love everywhere. My sister, my sister is in Raleigh and she's constantly sending me compression socks and, you know, leg massagers and things like that. So, I mean, I'm I'm just spoiled. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. well, you should be spoiled because you're so well loved. And uh, and I hear from my friend Ife um, that you just had a birthday. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So that was one of my goals in the rehab. You know, I was there three weeks, four weeks, four weeks tops. First week, I didn't have legs. And I said, you know what? I want to be home for my birthday. I want to be home. I just got to be home. They said, you know, this day, okay, we'll see. I got on them legs and I started walking around that gym. They were like, I think you're going to make it home by your birthday. <laughs> really? And it was that, that, that fast and that simple? Because I, I imagine it would take way longer. That that's what people would say. Even my wife was like, I was like, look, babe, I'm going in there, and I'm getting on them legs and I'm walking. She said, It ain't that easy. Don't I you gonna be in there for some time? You know, I was like, What? Oh, I ain't gonna be in. Uh-uh, I gotta get home. I gotta get home to you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys are, you know, my world. So, you know, she was like, You ain't gonna be walking. She I impressed her. She was like, You you said you was gonna walk. You you can be walking. And I I'm literally walking, like. So I, I eventually, I graduated. Mm -hmm. I went from, um, they, when I, you know, I put the legs on, they was like, here, you know, use this walker. And so I used the walker. I took a few steps. I was like, this walker is, is, is in my way. It's slowing me down. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't, you know, I could do better without this walker. <laughs> then they came back with some crutches. Like, here, try these crutches. And, you know, I put the crutches on. I walked with the crutches. And I was like, yo, these crutches, they slow me down. Look. And I took the crutches. And I started walking without the crutches. Wow. All <laughs> right, so, so, yeah. So, so, no. so it sounds like to me, uh, BWAC, that you, 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 you going to have to really, you going to have to monitor how you slow yourself down because you seem to be lightning. That's what they said. They said, you know, you're, you're way ahead of your body. Your mind is ahead of your of your body, and, and and we want you you have to slow down. You have to slow, take a rest. You know, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, but me, I done been outside walking. You know, part of my PT training was you know to get me to walk, mm -hmm. and they threw down all kinds of obstacles. They threw down cones, and I'm in and out of cones. I'm kicking the ball. I'm I'm stepping on curves, and they said, you know, okay, your last task is to walk on grass. <laughs> You know, and you know, grass is so uneven. Yes. I went out there, I walked on grass, and they yelling out the window, looking good, looking good. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm like, hey, but you know, uh, I'm like, hey, however, however, I forget that I'm 55. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, it's not my legs, it's my back. 
<laughs> welcome to middle age. Welcome yeah. to, to the I, elderly world. I tell you, I forget, <laughs> I forget, I forget, get, get. I'm telling you, I try to jump up and do things. I'm like, what in the world? I got to do stand up slow. <laughs> so, you know? so this happened to you. What do you think about the future? How do you think about the future? What do you do? Do do you think about the future in a in a in a bright, big sort of way? Like I, it doesn't seem like nothing can stop you. I I do get depressed. I come from human, you know. I sometimes I look down and I'm like, wow, like I really, you know, I really don't have legs, you know. I really don't have feet, you know. But you know, I'm I somehow I'm gonna tell you this for the first time, and I've never told anyone this. <laughs> But somehow I feel hopeful that they'll grow back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like one day I'll wake up and I'll have feet again. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just wild. It's a weird feeling. You know, it's a feeling like hope. Like, you know, I, I'm going to walk. I'm going to mm -hmm. be able to walk. You know, I'm going to be able to feel the ground like I normally once did. And it's just amazing. You know, it's mm -hmm. super amazing. So, so talk to me about. Uh, so, when do you think you'll start creating art again? You know, like at, at the. I don't know if you could get to the rate that you were at, but I know you're itching to get in the studio and do something. Super itching, super, super, super itching. It's like um, I went there one time last week just to you know get a little nostalgic feeling, and um, I looked around, but I was like, whoa. I got to clean up before I do anything. <laughs> I got to put things back in place. I got to clean. I got to screw things back to the wall. You know, uh, I'm like, wow. You know, so that's going to take a little time. You know, I've got to spend some time in there and hang things back on the wall and, you know, do everything with. However, you know, I got to get um, strong enough again. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not strong as I think I, I'm strong. You know, there's the physical therapists are saying I'm extremely strong, but, but, you know, I still need more strength, you know, yeah. I need more strength and, and I'm working on that right now. You know? Yeah. Working on yeah. that right now. And so, okay. So mm -hmm. it, it, you, you, you seem like you're in a good place for the situation that you're in. What do you want people to know about you at this moment? Um, it, it's hard to say. Um, I want them to know that you know. Um, it's hard to say because I want them to know, like I'm the same. In reality, I'm not. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know, um, be patient with me. You know, be patient with me. I'm not as quick as I used to be. You know, and, and but um, but but I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. You know, I'm here. I'm just, you know, stay alive as much as long as I can, and continue to give whatever I can, and 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 and, and be a part of whatever I can. You know, just as I would just say, be patient with me. You know, some a lot of people. You know, I've I've always been in high demand, and you know. I mean, I, I I still gotta make a living. I get it, but I just don't know if I'm as fast as I used to be, <laughs> mm -hmm. as quick as I used to be. Well, you're 55 now, so listen. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, do I get an early retirement? You know what? You know what? 
I don't know if you would ever retire. I I don't right. I don't believe retirement is what you would ever do because you you're an artist and artists are always creating, and uh, so I don't I can't imagine that you would stop creating art. No, I don't. I can't either. I can't either. And you know, in, in fact, you know, that's kind of like my least worry because you know I, I can do it on a whim. You know, like I could just. It's no problem for me, anything, creating anything, you know. So right now, I'm not worried about the art. I'm just worried about my strength and getting my strength up. Mm. But Well, I'm so glad that I have opportunity to talk to you today. Saturday awesome. is the fundraiser. I want people to come out uh, over there on Whaley at the smoke, I mean, on uh, on Blake on the, at the smokestack. And uh, the uh, the improv folks at uh, a Broken Umbrella Theater is excited. I was at rehearsal the other night and, you know, that I, I was so in awe of them because they're all so funny that, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be participating. And all I could do is just watch them and laugh and, and forget that I am participating. And I'm just like, I just mm -hmm. I, they're just so delighted to do this for you. And they sincerely just want to extend themselves. And it's a beautiful thing to sort of see that you mean that much to them and to yes. so many people in this city. Mm, yes, I, I even find myself in shock, like, wow, I didn't mean to have that much of an impact, you know, but, you know, I, I do it for the love, you know, I do it because I love it and love everyone. Okay, well, thank you for this time, Edmund B. Wack Comfort. It has been thank my pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for uh, showing up this morning and uh, and I want to I want to stay in touch. I'm definitely going to stay in touch because I want to know how you're doing. I want to know the progress. Terrific. So, you know, feel like you can jump on anytime you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I, love it. And so I think I have your number, so I'll lock it in. You got me now. So yes. say hi to your wife awesome. and, and hug your baby and uh, and I'll see you Saturday. I'll see you Saturday, yeah. hopefully. Absolutely. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. One more day. We in there. We in there. We in there. It's, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. So, yeah. so thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Babs. All right, my dear. Thank you, Harry Drolls. And uh, I'll see y'all out here in the weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh!